Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan right now brought to you by Ford. Built for Texas, built for you, the executive vice president of your Dallas Cowboys. It is Stephen Jones. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Now, I know we're we're going to get to the game, and I know it was a hard loss. I was going to say it sounds like we're getting some positive news in terms of the medical condition of Leighton Vander Esch. What can you tell us on that front? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think so far what we've gotten uh, is positive in terms of, uh, you know, not being uh, re-injuring his uh, prior injury to his neck, which was what the concern was. And uh, it looks like he's avoided that. Uh, you know, we're going to have to work with him this week and see, uh, you know, how much time he's going to miss. Uh, probably will still miss sometime, but uh, the prognosis right now, albeit early, is that uh, he'll be able to come back and play this year. The A lot of, a lot of uh, fans and other people have given him kind of a tough time this year for not having a lot of splash plays, but he's been a pretty steady player for this team. How much do you think he was missed on Sunday? Yeah, I, I think he was missed. I mean, he's kind of, uh, you know, he quarterbacks that defense out there and just does a great job uh, with his consistency. And, you know, it, uh, you know, required Damone and Barr had been splitting time, uh, you know, at our other outside backer. And, you know, they had to step up and uh, certainly uh, fill in there and, you know, did a, did a nice job. But uh, I think we certainly missed Leighton. Same kind of basic question in terms of Jonathan Hankins. I know he hasn't been here a long time, but it seemed like since he got here, the run defense had looked better. Yeah, no question. I mean, that's why we brought him in here was to shore up the run. He's obviously one of those big bodies uh, that Dan likes to refer to. But, uh, you know, we, we still had a good group of guys in there, and you just have to give Jacksonville credit. They had a, a unique game plan. Uh, I think everybody who watched the game saw it. I mean, they were doing a lot of uh, – you know, quick reverses and getting the ball outside quick and getting the ball out quick, but uh, you know, still no excuse. We've got to, uh, you know, we, you know, as we play through these games here at the end, we've been, you know, at times playing really good, and for basically through three quarters, we, you know, played real well most through most of the third, and then, you know, the inconsistency hits. So we've just, if we want to be the team we're going to want to be in the playoffs, then, uh, uh, and as we come down the home stretch here, then. You know, we've got to take those inconsistencies out of our game. Well, and that is kind of something I'm interested in is like, I mean, I think a San Francisco would look at the game plan the Jaguars had and say, we can execute something like that. And I feel like there are some other teams out I mean, Philadelphia for, for two that might look at it and say, we can do that against the Cowboys. How, how do you make those adjustments for the kind of misdirection stuff that they were throwing at you on Sunday? Well, that's uh, certainly, uh, you know, I have a ton of confidence in Dan Quinn and his staff and Certainly, Mike, uh, you know, certainly the way uh, Mike McCarthy. But, uh, you know, uh, they've been in this league a long time. And they know, you know, as you start to have success as a defense, people are going to look for different ways to attack you. 
A week before, we saw a different uh, type of attack from Houston uh, when they pulled their practice squad quarterback up and, you know, did a lot of run, running the football with the quarterback. So, you know, that we've got to be prepared for that. People aren't going to let us just, uh, you know, continue to do what teams have done where we've had uh, a tremendous amount of success, uh, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. But I have complete confidence in uh, our defensive staff and no we're going to continue to make the adjustments we need to make. What did you think about the play of the offensive line yesterday? And did you see the progression that you wanted to from Tyron that he can be, you know, the full-time starter at right tackle as needed and not have to kind of rotate? Absolutely. I, I think it's like anything, got to get in a rhythm. Uh, certainly he's taken that one step further, you know, with his, uh, you know, attempt to move. I mean, not his attempt, with his move over to right tackle. Uh, but uh, I think he's only uh, going to get better. But I thought he played really well. Uh, and I uh, think, you know, as we move forward, he should just, uh, as I said, continue to improve. And, you know, it uh, lets us move the least amount of people. We keep Tyler where he's been, Connor McGovern where he's been. You know, everybody uh, moves to where they are. And then, of course, it's great to have a guy like Jason Peters and a ball behind him if, if we need some help. But uh, certainly thought they had a uh, I thought they did a good job yesterday. Well, and go back to the defensive side of the ball. There were a couple of plays that Kelvin Joseph just kind of uh, kind of got taken advantage of there, and they go to Nashawn Wright. And I was kind of curious your your feelings on how both of them played and what you feel about the cornerback position right now. Well, I think going in, we've always said that the biggest deal with uh, you know with Kelvin Joseph is consistency, and uh, uh, certainly. A uh, little bit of that was the problem yesterday. I think he's, uh, you know, at times can be inconsistent. He hadn't had a lot of time on the job starting as our, our, our corner. Uh, you know, I think it's a work in progress. And thought when Nashon was given the opportunity, obviously he hadn't had many, but stepped up. And, uh, you know, he's a physical long corner. And, you know, we just have to continue to grind out there. Uh, you know, you, you miss A.B., but that's part of our game. I mean, he's, he's not going to be back with us this year, and we have to continue – uh, to get better uh, as a group over there. Of course, we brought in a corner uh, last week and uh, just feel like, uh, you know, as uh, you know, our, our personnel department, we always try to do is continue to look for ways uh, to improve ourselves there. But uh, as I said, I have a c- complete confidence in this defensive staff that they'll make the adjustments. We feel good uh, about the group. I know Dorrance had a, uh, you know, had a, had a knee situation there. Hopefully he's going to be uh, recover from that. Looks like you will, uh, and be ready to go. So, uh, and ultimately, Leighton will too. So we just, uh, you know, injuries are part of this game, and we have to respond. And I know our, uh, I know our defensive staff will do everything they need to do to, uh, you know, make the adjustments they need to, and put the people, uh, the best players, in the right spot for us to win. I know you had said Leighton still might miss some time. When you just said you think Dorrance will be good to go, is that bigger picture or like he might be good to go for the Philly game? I mean, we'll see for sure uh, how, how that works out. It's you know we just got got in here this morning sure. and working through it all morning long, and uh, we'll just see how the week progresses. Uh, it's early to to just say for sure who's gonna exactly do what, but uh, you know overall, uh, I would say health wise, the uh, overall pro- prognosis of the uh, you know, the game uh, is is not something where you look like we're going to miss a guy, you know, out for the season. We're talking with Stephen Jones right here on 105.3 The Fan. When we were talking with Kelvin about Kelvin Joseph and Nashawn Wright, I, I was kind of curious, 
like twofold is could there be like a competition between them this week? And then with the new rules of practice, is there even time for like a positional competition on a week by week basis? I mean, those are all things that uh, obviously our coaching staff are going to address. We've got some staff meetings this afternoon that will get kept abreast on, on what the strategy is. But uh, as I said, I mean, we've got complete confidence in um, Mike and, uh, his coordinators, Kelvin and uh, I mean Kellen and and Dan and, and Bones do their work and you know have complete confidence in this staff that uh, you know they're going to put our players in the best position to have success and uh, that we'll make the adjustments we need to make uh, to get back uh, to get back on our winning track. Late in the game, in the I believe it was at the end of the fourth quarter, there was a drive where you pretty much had a chance to seal it if uh, you get a first down. And there were two runs early, and then the big throw downfield. Do you know quite exactly what they were trying to accomplish with that drive and with that throw specifically? Were they did that change something at the line there? Do you do you know exactly what happened there? No, I'm not sure yet. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, anytime calls work, it's brilliant. And every time you know something doesn't work exactly right, then you know it gets second guess. But uh, uh, certainly. Uh, uh, you know, when you're in this game and it's down close at the end, then, uh, you know, that comes with the territory. I know our coaches know that. I know our players know that. But, uh, no, I'm not aware if Dak, uh, you know, checked into anything exactly what the uh, call was. I'm sure Mike and uh, and Dak and, and that crew are the right guys to address that. We talk with you a lot about, like, competition committee stuff over the years. I was curious. I know this is not exactly competition committee, but – what did you think about the report or what can you tell us about the idea that maybe the NFL would push the trade deadline back a little bit? Would you be in favor of that? And what all goes into that? Well, I'm certainly not against it. Uh, you know, what goes into it is just a, you know, a full body of work of seeing what the unintended consequences are. I know we all know why, you know, the, the deadlines there. It's so you, you know, as you get further into the season, it gets clearer and clearer who's going to be out and who's going to be in and, you know, you worry about people, uh, you know, maybe uh, taking less for players. So so you want the competitive situation uh, to stay intact. So the unintended consequences, uh, which is always the key phrase, phrase uh, used on the competition committee, uh, will certainly come into effect here as we uh, look into that. But, uh, you know, as we should everything, uh, anything that comes up that uh, is a question mark that we feel like we can make the game better, uh, we'll go into great detail and see see what we think is uh, in the best interest of the game uh, as we move forward. Steven, this team has now clinched a playoff spot, and um, you kind of this might be a good opportunity to sit back and say, okay, let's refresh and look at what else we can do. What do you want this team to be more of or better at by the time you get to the playoffs? I think the biggest thing is consistency. I mean, we've all seen this team starting back at the Minnesota game. Uh, where we played a full game. And then uh, if you take, uh, you know, Indy and Houston and then uh, Jacksonville at times, we played at really high levels. And uh, I think it's just playing consistent uh, from start to finish. I think we're cleaning up some things that we wanted to clean up in terms of uh, penalties, in particular pre-snap penalties. Uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, we'll always continue to stress that we have to protect the ball on the offensive side and, we need to get, uh, you know, make plays on the ball and create turnovers on the defensive side. But, you know, the bigger thing is just consistency. As I said, through most of the 
third quarter we played uh you know uh, the, you know really high end at the top of our game uh, in terms of uh how we were playing but then we uh, you know had the inconsistencies there at the end of the third and uh you know the fourth quarter uh certainly had every opportunity to win the game but uh, we didn't finish so uh, i think all those things are things that as we head down the home stretch is just uh playing consistent through fourth quarters obviously that's a something in the nfl that's hard because the other team pays their players they have good coaches and you are going to have uh, moments in games where you're uh, where you're challenged. So uh, we have to, you know, figure out how we do even better uh, as to how we work through those challenges. But uh, certainly I know that'll be at the top of, uh, you know, talking to Mike after the game and Dan after the game and Kellen, they want to, uh, you know, certainly bring more consistency, uh, you know, to the games as uh, we move down the home stretch and uh, get ready for the playoffs. Did you even, did you get a chance to kind of celebrate the, the fact that you're in the playoffs or you're like, no, that's, 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 there's unfinished business. No, there's a lot of unfinished business. And certainly, uh, you know, coming off a game where you felt like you played well for most of it. And then you, uh, end up, uh, you know, not, not getting the W then, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, is an eye over and we have to, uh, uh, hopefully, uh, I don't, not hopefully I know, uh, our coaching staff and our players will respond in a positive way. And, uh, you know, that'll be, uh, you know, a little uh, fire under everybody's uh, rear end. Uh, uh, not that it wasn't, but to uh, continue to uh, press for that consistency. Just for future reference, if you want to come on the show and say light a fire under their ass, that is perfectly <laughs> acceptable in this in this venue. The, uh, the last thing I got for you, it's another league-wide issue. I'm just hoping you can give me insight is – the NFL sent out the memo to all the franchises that in the last five years, $800 million has been spent on fired coaches and front office executives. Like, what is the point of a memo like that? Like, what is the message they were trying to get across, or what message did you take from that and the Cowboys take from that? You know, I just think it's always uh, information. And, uh, you know, as to uh, what's going on around the league, we obviously have a great feel uh, for what goes on with the Dallas Cowboys, but we don't. Uh, have a great feel for uh, what's going on other than you do know when a coach gets uh, let go or uh, his staff, coach and his staff get let go because we've unfortunately had to do it before uh, that you end up, uh, you know, having that money sitting out there that you still owe, uh, you know, those coaches. So, you know, I think the bigger message there is uh, just to let everybody know uh, what's going on in our league and, uh, you know that as a league office, that's their job. Uh, whether it's uh, uh, whether it's marketing uh, uh, in terms of sponsorships and tickets, whether it's uh, the business side of uh, uh, what we do as a league, whether it's uh, you know on the field and and uh, coaches and players, I think all that stuff is uh, you know just educational and uh, and it's uh, part of the role of the NFL. Well, we appreciate the time, win or lose, very much, good sir. We'll catch up with you next week. Sounds great, guys. Great being on. Have a hope you have a happy holiday. Yeah, absolutely. Holiday Same to you. Thank you very much, Stephen Jones, right here on one hundred five three. The fan. I know people are frustrated, and you can hear some of the frustration there. But also, it has not changed the level of confidence. I know it's changed a lot of the fans' level of confidence, and I get that. I'm a fan too. But 
at least publicly, they're not saying it has changed their confidence at all. Which I have to admit would be weird if he is like, we're screwed. After week one when they lost their quarterback and he was like, not time to panic. And then after this week, he's like, you know what? We just should fold it up. Yeah, I would be surprised <laughs> if that was the public statement. Like inside the star, I'm sure <laughs> they say different things. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. Like what words do you think? Like he wa- he didn't say ass, and I appreciated that. <laughs> Coming up next, we'll move into the launch rush in the expressway. We got Mike likes it. We'll go around the NFC East. Plus, we will be giving away tickets to Cowboys Eagles on Christmas Eve. Yes, really, all of that will happen next right here on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. Right now, you guys ready to dive into the NFC East? Let's do it. It's over. That is not the enthusiasm I was looking for. And it's over, well, because of the Cowboys lost, but also cut number 22 right here. Calls for the football. He's going to run. He's at the 20, 15, 10, 5. Goodbye. Touchdown. (laughs) Oh, he cut it off. Because he was sick of it. He's had enough. And people are connecting dots that I hate about Bijan Robinson entering the draft. And they're yeah. like, are you ready to see him play for the Eagles? No, no, I'm not. That would be terrible. Oh, but Miles Sanders' mommy would be so upset. <laughs> and he's- His boy's so good. He's the best. Give him respect. <laughs> yeah, I played you in fantasy yesterday, Miles. Thanks a lot, you fart knocker. We start, well, I guess, do you guys want to start with the Eagles? You got the Eagles, the Giants, the Commanders, and the Cowboys. Who won the division? Well, still to be determined, Mike. We don't know. Could go anyway. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Is, it, I, if, is if it for Eagle, real? If yes. Eagles lose out and Cowboys win out, they would win the <laughs> but, division. So but all we got to do. Realistically. So, so win Sunday and there's still a shot. Yeah, it's Saturday, but yes. And you know what? The Eagles are due to what? lose. They've, they've only lost one game. Saturday is college Everybody loses day. more than one. Yeah. So. Dude, this is, this is weird, Mike, to what have. What odds do you want for the Cowboys to win the division this year? I will accept your bet. Like the. Like Probably. The Cowboys are having a thousand to one. The Cowboys are having a good season, okay? Like, this is a good season. Ten wins is not a bad season by any means. And the stupid Eagles are having an almost historic season. Like, this is that's the the thing that really stinks about this is you kind of have to compare yourself to what's in your own freaking division. And this that's what's keeping you from being one of the home team playoff teams. So it it is it does stink that the, the Cowboys are having a good season like they are. Even though that was a bad loss. It was. Um, and still be in the situation they are behind the Eagles. Now, another thing that stinks is at 13-1, and one, the Eagles are now off to the best start in franchise history. And, Mike, I certainly agree with you that this division is over. And that will make it. It's not technically official yet. Right. But this will make it now 18 years since there has been back-to-back division champions going back to Oh three and oh four. Great news! You can eliminate the Eagles next year. I mean, th- I hadn't really thought about it like that until just now. That is an excellent point. 
What did you think of the performance yesterday from Jalen Hurts? Because on the one hand, he runs for three touchdowns. I know people are psyched about that. And he also had more than 300 yards. But he also had two interceptions and a moderate QBR. I, I will. I mean, be, to be honest, obviously they were playing during the Cowboy game, so I'm just seeing the bottom line. Okay. I'm not seeing him play. Sure. Uh, but I think he's beatable. I don't think he is great. I do think he's really good. I think he's taken the biggest step forward of any quarterback in the NFL. Nobody has improved more than Jalen Hurts from 2021 to 2022. At the same time, I just... I know he can do a lot of things and do them well, but I also don't think he's so great that you're like, oh, S. Like, if you're going against Patrick Mahomes and he gets it going, you're just like, I've seen this. No human being can beat him. Do you say, oh, S, going against those receivers? Especially, like, if you're the Cowboys. Right now, yes. Unfortunately, Kelvin Joseph isn't an NFL football player. uh, It would not appear as such right now. We don't think Nashawn Wright is ready to step into that role either. So mm. so one of those guys is going to have to guard Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown all game. And then it might be tough to give a whole bunch of help because I do think with Jalen Hurts, you do have to spy a little bit. So that means oh, somebody, has to sure. hold, somebody has to hold their position. So if you're like, hey, we're going to double this receiver, it's like, yeah, but if you double the receiver, you also can't have a spy. You run out of people. They they have weapons at every level offensively. They do. Yeah, you know, we talk about that defensively at every yeah. level, but on an offense, like at the quarterback position, you have to worry about him running. And then you know, like Mike says, you saw the Micah Parsons moment where he was like, "Who do I cover here? Yeah, what do we do?" And they had to learn from it. What will they learn? That's a long long way before they get there, though. AJ Brown and Devontae Smith combined for fourteen catches and three hundred and seven yards yesterday. Both of them had at least 20 yards per catch. An astonishing day for the wide receivers in a game that was closer than I thought. And when Justin Fields almost broke off his miracle touchdown, they're like, eh, you stepped out of bounds. As so I was like, hey, maybe Chicago's got a shot. And they kept it close for most of the day. But for the better, sad news. The second most bet on over under of the weekend was Philadelphia and Chicago at 48 and a half. 73% bet the over. You lose 25-20. It hit the under. You guys want to go Cowboys, Giants, or Commanders? We made the playoffs, baby. Celebrate. Indeed we did. Now, the Cowboys were the most bet on team for the over-under. Over-under, 48. You hit 74. So you easily hit the over-under if you bet the over for the Cowboys. You bet the Cowboys game, Corey. Shut up, Mike. (sighs) When it was 27-10, were you like, W. Felt so good. I, I mean, I, I felt I was almost to the point. Remember how I said I was cocky whenever Argentina was up to nothing? I was yeah. getting ready to text my kid to do his chores. I was about to text you and just be like, all right, Mike, it was a good week. But then I couldn't remember the other team that I bet on. So then I was and that you bet against me. <laughs> and then that screwed me over. Right. Too. So I, I bet Cincinnati. So you had Tampa Bay. Yeah, it was a poor weekend. Which that again. They were up for oh, a minute. Man. 17, 17 to nothing. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Did they hold on. We will we will oh. get to betting with Basic. <laughs> I promise. I'm I'm sorry, Corey. I'm leaving during that segment. <laughs> some other You're going to have to do a $300 bet in the playoffs. <laughs> don't. Is there some other positives for the Cowboys is you referenced it. They did make the playoffs in back-to-back years for the first time in 15 seasons. 
Ezekiel Elliott ran for a touchdown in his seventh straight game, the longest active streak in the NFL, and he joins Emmett Smith as the only Cowboys players in history to have rushing touchdowns in seven consecutive games. Another positive for you, believe it or not, CeeDee Lamb now has eight career 100-yard receiving games. That's tied to Drew Pearson for the second most 100-yard games by a Cowboys player in their first three seasons. They are both well behind Bullet Bob Hayes, who had 13 100-yard catches in, excuse me. Wow. Now, 100-yard games. He could do it. 100-yard games in his first three seasons. You know who the next Bullet Bob Hayes is? And I'm not joking here. There's a kid at Duncanville who's a sophomore. He is the wide receiver. He's number four on the team. He is like the fastest 15 or 16-year-old in the country. So he already has, like, oh. every school wants him because he plays wide receiver, and he's literally, like, they're like, yeah, I think he's going to be, a like, an Olympic wow. medalist when, if he keeps this up, but also plays football, too. So Bob Hayes, being an Olympic sprinter and a wide receiver, there's also, it, I'm not saying one yet, but he's 15 years old at Duncanville, and they're like, yeah, he's he has a chance to be, like, a gold medalist or a medalist, like, if he keeps progressing the way he is, and he's also a really good receiver. I know it's a day of sadness because the Cowboys lost, but believe it or not, I have one more positive stat unless you want to say the hell with it. I just it. want to ask you a question real quick. Okay. Positive! Are you are you a CeeDee Lamb fan? I like CeeDee Lamb. You think he's doing okay? Yeah. My son asked me if he's a top 10 is receiver during the game. And I said he's right on the borderline. Yeah, line. I think he's yeah. right in that right in that area. Like, I, I would love for the Cowboys to say, you know what, we're just going to do it again today. Like, and just keep feeding him, but... 12, 13, something like that. Yeah, we were we got to reasonable. eight pretty easy where we're like, no, no doubt he's not yeah. better than these guys. One of them being Cooper Cup. I was like, if you can take him out, sure. It helps out the case. But now last positive bit of news I have for you on the Cowboys is Peyton Hendershot got the touchdown, and him and Jake Ferguson both have two touchdowns this year. They're only the third rookie tight end combination in NFL history to record multiple receiving touchdowns in their rookie season. Joining Kobe Fleener and Dwayne Allen in 2012. Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, and Gronk and Aaron Hernandez in 2010. So, you hope it's not the wide disparity of, hey, could be the greatest of all time, murdered a bunch of people. What did? You, what are you talking about? Like, you hope that you avoid... What's a bunch? Sh- surely three. That was a killer duo. Sure. Okay. Don't do that. Do you guys want to go to the Giants or the Commanders? Uh, the Giants won. Now I'm questioning all my choices. The New York, because the Giants won or because of the killer duo joke? Both. Okay. The Giants won 20-12 to 12 in a game in which it looked like the Commanders had tied up, but then there was a penalty and that negated the touchdown that Washington would have got that they would have still had to get the two-point conversion. But then when they go for it again to close out the game, there is a blatant pass interference that's not called. So the Giants are victorious. And Daniel Jones continues his mastery of the commanders. He is now 5-1-1 one, and one against the commanders. And this looks like it's going to punch their ticket more or less to the playoffs, and now I wonder if the Commanders will get caught by the Lions. I think there's a good possibility. I think that that was a big win for the Giants because I actually kind of looked at the, both teams have very tough schedules, the Giants and Washington the rest of the way, but 
Washington might get lucky as heck. Why? Because the Cowboys aren't going to try the last game of the year. So I do think the Cow- that when you look at that game right now, you'd say if you're a Lions fan or Giants fan and you're fighting for that last spot, you're like, oh, good. They're taking on a team that's going to have 10, 11 wins or maybe even 12 at that point. But there's going to be nothing for the Cowboys to play, and they're going to have to get ready for the playoff game. So it'll be Cooper Rush. It'll be number 34 as the running back. It will be Micah Parsons not active for the game. Like, they're going to get – Washington's going to get a free win at the end of the year, which makes it a little bit tougher on Detroit. Maybe they have a favorable game the last week of the season where somebody's not playing. This was a big deal for – I got a question real quick. Okay. Daniel Jones, do you know how many times he's thrown for over 230 yards this year? Ooh, not in that game. Three. Two. Almost. Do you know how many times he's – one thrown for less than 200 yards this year Ooh, four five nine holy moly he had one game where he threw for 71 yards hey we're breaking narratives for daniel jones he'd also never won a primetime game well here we until are until yesterday so he got the job done and it's looking tougher potentially the path of the playoffs for the commanders but they are still in control. Is here we are with three games to go. All four of the NFC East teams are still in the playoffs. Who's, what's Washington's schedule? Washington's schedule going forward, they're seven, six, and one. So they're half a game ahead of Seattle and Detroit. They got at the 49ers, very tough. Host the Browns. Very tough. Is it? Well, I won't say very tough. They're playing Deshaun Watson's not playing well, but he they're is not. They're six and eight, and the Browns still have it. They have to win out to have an outside chance. So what I mean by that is the Browns should, I sure. think, as, as long as they win. I don't even know who they play this week coming up. But that's not the easiest of games, right? And I'm just sorry, real quick, I might have made a mistake. Did you ask for the Giants or the Commanders? Com- commanders. Okay, good. Okay, I got it then. I think Since they, they lost. I think I was, they could go two and one. Right. I just, I want Detroit to make it. Not that sure. I, I don't, in a weird way, I don't hate Washington anymore because they're really not that good ever yeah, at football yeah, yeah. anymore. Like. I get that they're okay at it, but I know that Washington right now gets lucky that the Cowboys aren't going to most likely compete the last game of the year. And Detroit's schedule very manageable at the Panthers, hosts the Bears, at the Packers, and yeah. this team has won six of their last seven, with a lone loss being that field goal loss to the Bills. Yeah. Now, some potentially good news for the Commanders, I don't know if they want to hear it today, is did you see they have started making changes to the Sean Taylor Memorial is they went ahead and added the his uh, tape to his cleats and his face mask and everything like that. So it's a small change. Is this a freaking Build-A-Bear? They're like waiting until they get the parts for it? And then They, they should have s- just waited until it was done. I've been trying to get a white chocolate bar to make sugar cookies, and they're out at the stores everywhere. Really? So maybe they're just, you know, supply and oh. demand right now. They just can't get all the Sean Oh, Taylor. there was a point to that energy. I was like, oh, we're talking about cookies yeah. now. Cool. No, no. So like, yeah, you know the supply chain. Maybe oh, they're just. Oh, my ma- God. And so they did switch it out to the Reebok jersey, added the tape across the cleats and the ankles and everything. So they are trying to make changes. Corey, it sounds like, is not going to support their, as you said, build-a-bear effort. To- it sounds like it's just, it, it, no, don't, don't do it. 
until the thing's complete. What they did was they threw it up there and they were like, all right, cheap as possible. And they're like, well, crap, everybody hates it. Uh, well, and this is not the first time they've done this with Sean Taylor's. Remember when God. they did the unveiling on the on the field? They're like, hey, you can stand in the box over there. We did a little thing. Hey, are there any pomp and circumstance? No. 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 It's so, so weird. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Got Mike Likes It coming up in just one second, but... First, I Let's give something away, Kevin! 877-881-1053, caller number 10. Well, I mean, if we're the commanders, we'll have to wait till later. But since we're not, now we'll win a pair of party passes to go see the Cowboys play the Eagles at AT&T Stadium on Saturday, courtesy of Miller Lite. Still one of the biggest games of the season. If you want your opportunity to win those tickets right now, 877-881-1053. And now it's time for Mike Likes It. All right, so we got sportsy, non-sportsy here for Mike Likes It. Let's start off with this. I have mentioned it a few times, but I really do want to mention it again is what a day Friday and Saturday for the Metroplex in the state football playoffs. Oh, no, I definitely want to talk about this. I'm here for it. So South Oak Cliff, DeSoto, and Duncanville. South Oak Cliff back-to-back. South Oak Cliff lost their first three games and then ran the table. But did you hear who they played in those oh, first three there, games? It was it was DeSoto, yeah. Duncanville, and Lancaster. It was an amazing so, array of teams. So um, it was just really fun to watch Sock play Friday night. And I know I'm not from South Oak Cliff, but I feel like I'm from that area. I grew sure. up in Duncanville. And so, look, we played South Oak Cliff in a lot of uh, basketball games when I was uh, at Duncanville. And so it's just really cool because – it was kind of one of those things where you just never thought it was going to happen, and it happened last year, and for them to back it up and to win back-to-back state championships, and since you have to take the Carter one out, yes. the tough thing about Carter is it they cheated as in, like, grades and stuff like that, supposedly, but, not but those kids did live there, yeah. right? I mean, they were, they were Carter kids. It wasn't like a whole bunch of move-ins or something where it was, but because that one doesn't count, 1958 to then 2021 and then to back it up and to go back to back pretty freaking amazing too and i think what's also amazing is wasn't it a different quarterback if i'm following believe that is correct and so it wasn't like hey we have the same quarterback coming back and yes they did have some kids obviously come back but it wasn't like we won it and they were all juniors i mean they had to have some kids step in and step up back-to-back state championships so yeah i'll take nothing away from that so south oak cliff friday night really awesome victory and then desoto uh, which my my wife was a little bit confused. She's like, how can DeSoto and Duncanville be in state championships and not be playing each other? And I'm yeah. like, well, DeSoto's now considered a small 6A school and Duncanville's considered large 6A. So just really cool. They both make it. And then DeSoto in somewhat of a close game until you get late into the third quarter yeah. and it became a blowout. So uh, that was a easy win and great job by DeSoto. So awesome. Like literally neighboring cities. If you're not new to the Metroplex or you don't go to South Dallas at all, literally Duncanville and DeSoto are right next to each other. There's like that fine line of on this street, you go to DeSoto. On that street, you go to Duncanville. Interesting. Is there, do you have any, And because I, I know we're building up to the Duncanville game, but when you see that, and I know South Oak Cliff was the day before, do you regret at all not going well, it got my son was playing in a basketball tournament, which I might get to in Mike likes it too. But so Saturday or yeah, so Saturday I just couldn't. Friday I could have gone, 
But then they just said, man, there's so many people here. And, you know, it's just super awesome. In fact, uh, we had a family member over who lives in Glen Rose. And, you know, Glen Rose is not a, they're in Carthage's uh, division. Isn't that 4A? Because Carthage won 42 oh, 0 or whatever. That ass on Friday. And they'd lost to Carth- Carthage, I believe, like in the round of eight, I think. And, and so, but she's used to maybe smaller schools playing each other where, Still a lot of people, like sure. five, 6,000 people at the Carthage versus Glen Rose game. And maybe there's a little bit more. I'm making up a number right now. But when she sees South Oak Cliff playing or DeSoto playing or Duncanville playing in those night games and there's really? everything's yeah. full in the lower bowl for where you can sit and everything's full in the next deck where you can sit. And he's like, yeah, there's 40,000, if yeah. not 50,000 people the, at these games. The numbers I saw were 40,000, um, which is still a ton. Right. I think the record's low 50s for yeah. that. And and so then you get to the final game, which was definitely the most competitive out of the three that I'm talking about. Um, and that game was 21 to 21 uh, in the second half. And luckily, Duncanville, I'm from Duncanville, so Duncanville scores and then... Uh, Galena Park, North Shore, if you don't know, this was their fourth time to meet in the last five years for the state championship. And they're both undefeated teams. I don't know what they're ranked nationally. I believe they're both ranked top 10 in the nation. I just don't know which number they were because I know there's a lot of people from Duncanville like going, hey, we're number one in the nation. We should be that game going undefeated, our schedule, beating South Oak Cliff, beating Galena Park, North Shore, destroying everybody in the playoffs before playing Galena Park, North Shore. We should be national champs they, they but i were, thought they were going to screw it up I'm they were go. eight and nine the okay. last i saw on max okay, Krebs going into that game but i did think duncanville with penalties again like that's kind of what has cost them at times against galena right. park north shore is mistakes and coach sample so awesome you know legendary coach in the metroplex has coached at multiple schools right now at duncanville but uh he's been in so many big time playoff games and just has never won the championship and and here Leighton his career gets that championship and just mistakes. I thought, Oh my gosh. And then when Galena park North shore didn't get the first down, it was like Duncanville didn't know how to kneel a football. Yeah. Uh, especially that deep in the end zone. So they had to take timeouts just to make sure the kids understood, like, this is how we have to do this. We have to do this twice and we can't take a safety because right. if we take a safety, we're going to kick off and just in crazy football, high school football, who knows you kick it off. The kid returns it all the way. And now you've just lost the, state championship again but that was really fun really awesome and very happy for my city duncanville but also very happy for neighboring desoto and also south oak cliff is this the end of that incredible rivalry four title games in the last five years or do you feel like we're gonna keep going and somebody was saying so that the, that game was 46 and maybe the desoto game had forty thousand people okay so duncanville i believe their quarterback is not a senior uh, the kid, the the ninth best player in the country, who's a junior, who's like Micah Parsons. He's he did the one that ripped the the yeah. fake, but he's unbelievable. He's like Micah Parsons on a on a high school football field. He's a junior. The kid that I said is a a, a junior Olympic sprinter was a sophomore. The they're, wide receiver, their number one wide receiver. So Duncanville should once again, I would say, make a deep run in the playoffs. Uh, Galena Park North Shore. I don't know everything about them, but gosh, I mean. 
the only time they didn't make the finals in the last five years, they lost to Austin West, Westlake in the semifinals. So they were that close. So I expect both teams to okay. to make another run again. But it's very tough. Allen could get great again. South Lake is usually a very competitive team. I mean, there's a lot of teams that can can knock off these it's, two teams. It's just amazing. Four or five years yeah. they played each other in the finals. All right. So I want to talk about McDonald's for a second. Oh, one thing about McDonald's, we have a McDonald's right next to us. So sometimes I get hungry and I go eat McDonald's. Uh, by the way, Mike, we got some high school football fans here. Multiple people are like, oh, yeah, no, they'll all be they'll be back. OK, they're both loaded for talent. Okay. What about so, China Spring? Will they be back? No idea. Oh, OK. OK. Um, when it comes to McDonald's, they have a new chicken sandwich. I don't know if they've been promoting it through commercials or not. But I had the chicken sandwich last week, and I swore I was biting into a um, Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. It so smelled really good. They've changed their recipe. I don't know what. I, I don't know when they did this. I, I don't eat McDonald's a lot and don't have their chicken sandwiches a lot. But it's different. The, the breading on the outside is different. And then when I bit into it, I was like, wait, wait a second. Is this a Chick-fil-A? Which I do think Chick-fil-A sandwiches were much better than McDonald's chicken sandwiches. But this was... It's almost like they told their chefs or whatever, wherever they create different things, we have to make this a replica or as close to as possible as Chick-fil-A. And I'm just telling you, their chicken sandwich, if you haven't had it in a while, it has changed and it is for the better. Is this the McChicken sandwich or no, the, the actual like chicken sandwich? The, it's, they're two different things. It's fried or whatever, uh, but I just had on their app. I is had it like chicken a, breast or is it more nugget? No, it's more chicken breast. Okay, so that's their chicken sandwich version of it. Yeah, and it was really good. It had that kind of a little bit of like a pickly flavor. Okay. As in like, I believe Chick-fil-A Pickle does brine. this, yep. is where they, they keep their chicken and brine it in pickle juice to keep it juicier and moister and all that. And I think I think that McDonald's is doing the same thing because oh. it tastes very similar to Chick-fil-A. So... There is a Are little you telling bit, everybody that we need to go get McDonald's after the show? Is well, that what you're suggesting? Oh. Here's why else I thought of this. When I was that watching was the World Monster. Cup game, did you notice that they have the McDonald's sign on the side? Like, you know, where you inbounds the ball and everything. I didn't know that there were so many different phrases for McDonald's around the country. Uh -huh. So I pulled this up. So obviously we say McDonald's here or Mickey, Mickey D's. D's. But I have other countries and what they call it. In fact... One of them that I have is France because I saw these different and I'm like, I know it's all McDonald's. It's the same sign with three different ones. It is called McDo. Oh, uh, in France. It's not called McDonald's. It's okay. M-C-D-O pronounced McDo. McDo. So when you saw that on there and it said McDonald's and it would have in Chinese, uh, you know, uh, I say symbols. I know they're not symbols they're letters. They would say, you know, that which obviously I have no clue what those are. And then it'd say MCDO. And I'm like, MCDO? I know it's McDonald's. Where in the world do they call it MacDo? Uh, and I didn't know it was pronounced that way until I found it here. But So you have in Mexico, it's called McDonough's. McDonough's? Yeah. Okay. Oh, he's uh, a guest we have on the show. Uh, does yeah, that's Ryan McDonough. In <laughs> Hong Kong, <laughs> it's called MacKey. Huh. M-A-K, then dash K-E-E. -E. Okay. Um. In Germany, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but it looks very similar to actually Hong Kong. Uh, it's Instead of it being M-A-K, it's M-E-K-K-E-S. Oh, so, Mekis. That might be the way to say it. 
or Mickey's. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that makes sense, too. Australia, it's Macca's. Okay. M-A-C-C-A-A. In Canada, it's McDick's. Good. What? M-C-D-I-C-K apostrophe S. So that's what... And, like we call it Mickey D's. Well, it's uh-huh. been a pleasure working with you fellas. Well, I mean, Let's, I'm, are we all out because <laughs> of that? No, probably just me. <laughs> that's not a dumpable thing. People are called that. Like not in a like that's their name. Like, okay. People are the ref. It. The ref. <laughs> the ref for the Mavs game tonight is Dick Bavetta. Well, that's his name. What? Yeah. You know. Like, let's do it. Used bro. to be Stephen Bavetta, but then he would get really mad at him over the years, and he just changed it. So anyways, those are some, but you can find there's a whole bunch of, it's not called McDonald's around the world. I mean, At I'm the sure star, you can say it's that's called McCarthy's. No, I don't. I've heard that. Yeah. No, that doesn't sound right. I'm really intrigued by trying this chicken sandwich too. Okay. The Wingstop one is not bad at Let's all. Let's do it. Let's go down there right now. All right. So this is yeah, great sure. that I only have one minute for certain people. So I went to my kid's basketball tournament at Jesuit slash St. Rita's uh-huh. and we got to do better hiring basketball refs. <laughs> like there are six the Bavettas of the world. There were six people that I saw ref my son's basketball games and other games while you're waiting for your turn to play in a tournament. And I get it. It is tough to find people to referee games. And a lot of times the parents are so this and that. Five out of the six refs didn't know what double dribble was, didn't mm-hmm. know oh, what blocker no. charge was. Like they they don't know oh, like it, it was it was just horrible and I'm like they did they've never obviously played basketball for one they don't watch basketball two because if you watch enough but even if you didn't play if you watch enough basketball one dude goes block he gives the block sign but it was it was really weird it was kind of like a pelvic thrust <laughs> block oh and he goes offensive foul going the other way I'm like he doesn't even know the difference between a block and a charge he just called block on the guy with the ball. Right. And it was a bad call. But then to make it worse, he called it a block. So you're like, well, I guess, yeah, that was the right call. But he goes, going the other way. Like, he has no clue what block or charge means. They don't know what double dribble is. Obviously, they don't know kind of what traveling is. And you're just like, this is just pathetic. And so to the people who were at Jesuit and St. Rita, you guys got to watch basketball. If you're listening, I guess you're not, because obviously you're not watching and listening to sports if you're doing the <laughs> oh reffing that I gosh. saw. But I think it needs to be called out of like, and like, oh, how much did your son lose by or whatever? No, they won every game and it wasn't even close. But it's just like, when you're watching this, you're just like, there has to be more competent people. Last thing I'll say is they played this summer in Oak Cliff and here's where I think kids can make good money. The kids, and I say kids refing, they were high school kids who play high school basketball. So they hired, it even gets them an education on basketball more because they get to learn the rules a little bit more of being a ref. And they were great at it. Whether my team, my team, whether my kids team won or lost, who cares? At least you called the game, you know, right. Like figure out, if you're going to be a ref or an umpire, please learn a little bit. I get that it's not babysitting. You got to help. You got to, you got to figure this out, people. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. A lot of clever text that we probably can't read about Canadians. Coming up next, or their McDonald's system. It's time for the C-Block starring Corey Majors. All right. After what you saw Noah Brown do. Oh, no. Is it time to add a receiver? Oh, my God. Next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.